Hey, hey, everybody. Okay, so we are going to be talking today about a, I don't know, a subject, I guess, that you could say is very near and dear to my heart. I'm very passionate about this subject because I feel like everything I have learned, everything that I have poured myself into, everything that... I have ever taught on, I feel like it bleeds into this subject and kind of culminates into what is leadership. And so I feel like even when I'm working with the individual, even when it has nothing to do with business, even if it has nothing to do with a team, I mean, the first person you have to lead is yourself. And so you have to become a leader in your own life before you can ever become a leader anywhere else. I don't care if it's a sports team, if it is within your family, if it is within your job, if you, you know, if you're an entrepreneur uh, with network marketing, with whatever, you have to first lead yourself. And so all the work I have ever done in intensive outpatient therapy and group therapy and marriage counseling in, you know, um, behavioral interventions, just with literally everything, I look at the subject of leadership and I think, wow, like everything I've ever studied and learned and implemented and applied and read and learned all kind of culminates into what makes an amazing leader, what makes an effective leader. And so I want to kind of talk to you guys today about that subject. So this will probably end up turning into a series because I really feel like it's not something that can be broken down in one podcast. It is not something that I want to rush because I feel like this is a subject not talked a lot about in today's society. And that's a whole different subject. I mean, that's a horse of a different color because of the, the kids we are raising, the society we are encouraging, and just some of the ideals that we are basically rewarding with the way we talk about it, the way we edify it. And so what it's doing essentially is stripping the idea that leadership is powerful and effective and it has somehow become this villainized topic like leadership is somehow elevating yourself above others like you think you're so awesome and it becomes this weird inequality issue and obviously we know right now with the world that's a hot topic and so we're also just kind of looking at anything that separates oneself from the masses or elevates oneself or pours into oneself or whatever is somehow detracting from the whole. But what people aren't understanding is that great leaders make a better organization. Great leaders make better teams, great leaders make better countries, make better villages, make better families, make whatever, okay? And we're going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about characteristics of leadership because, again, I don't want to villainize it as if you seeking this leader, a mentor kind of position and how you want to essentially position yourself is somehow bad or selfish or inequitable to other people in your life. 
In fact, if you care about the other people in your life, if you care about your community, if you care about your team and your family and all of, you know, whatever, even in your place of work, you will want to become a better leader because chances are if things kind of feel chaotic, if there doesn't feel like there's a direction, nobody is benefiting, everybody is wasting energy, and that's not effective for everybody. So a leader essentially needs to rise up from those ranks and kind of assume the responsibility of creating direction. Okay, and that's essentially all a leader is, is they're just a person who takes on the weight and responsibility of the team or of the collective, right? Whatever you want to fill the collective with, whether it's a town, a country, a t- you know, um, network marketing team, a place of employment, your family, whatever, right? Like you fill in the blank. But a leader is simply somebody who just takes on the responsibility of creating direction and then they bear the weight of literally everything that goes with that. So literally whoever is stepping up into that leadership position is simply just like, yep, I will bear all the brunt and all the weight. <laughs> okay, they are like the, I don't want to say, like they are the helm, they are the starboard, they are the, the bow, they are everything on the ship. They are everything that is, uh, you know, creating direction and also taking the force creating, you know, not, excuse me, not creating, taking the force of the waves, of the wind, of everything, right? They, they face everything first and, and take rewards last. So trust me when I say that anybody who is attempting to assume a position of leadership or the respect of leadership is not doing it for their own ego, because it just simply makes life a little bit harder. Hold on, I have to take a drink for a second. Mm. So now that we have that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about leadership and kind of set the stage for what we are going to be talking about over the the course of the next few podcasts. And so um, one of the things I want you to do, I want you to do yourself a favor and I want you to go grab a book that, I'm sorry if you could hear that, I bumped the mic and I don't know if it was loud, but um, my hands, I, I, it doesn't matter if I'm not on video, my hands are like everywhere. Um, and so I'm like knocking my drink over and I'm flipping pens off the table and hitting the mic and whatever. So um, I want you to do yourself a favor, do your business a favor, do whatever. I don't care what, what you do for a living or if you're a stay-at-home parent or whatever. You need to get this book because I feel like it is applicable in all areas of life. Again, like we talked about, leadership is something we need in all areas of our life. And the first person you have to lead is yourself. Secondary to that are other people. And so I want you to get this New York Times bestseller um, by Patrick Lencioni. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sounds very Italian. Um, (laughs) Patrick Lencioni. And he has a couple books. So I'm going to tell you the first one I want you to get. And then if you really want to up-level, you're going to get the second one. So the first one is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And then the second one I want you to get is called The Ideal Team Player. And I feel like if you really want to up-level your business, it is essential that you go and get both because it is essential that you understand that the team 
and you being a part of it and your role within that team is what makes you a good understanding that is what makes you a better leader because again one of some of the things we're going to touch on really quick because i don't want to make this one long because again it's just setting the stage um and so I want you to understand the characteristics that go into leadership, what is required of you. And also, first and foremost, if you take nothing from this, leadership is not a rank, it is not a role, it is not a position, it is not something you are appointed to. That is a man that is management. Okay, and there is a very, very big difference. Okay, if you are in network marketing and you hit a certain rank, that does not mean you're a leader. Okay, get that right out of your head. If you are the shift manager at your job, you are not a, that does not mean you are a leader. If you are the captain or the commander of, you know, um, a company or a unit in the military, you are not a leader. Okay, and there's this like weird fallacy attached to it that I think maybe us as humans, because that's what we do, because we are very ego-driven, is we tell ourselves that we're a leader because we have that position and somehow we earned it. No, you earned it by the person above you, not the people below you. But that is where leadership is given. Leadership is given and bestowed upon you by the people underneath you, okay? By the people who quote unquote follow your leadership, who you are quote unquote in charge of and whatever, right? But what you're talking about and what we we are told and what the common understanding is is that somehow you are a leader because someone above you told you you were no they simply appointed a manager they simply delegated their tasks to you <laughs> and so and call it leadership but that is not it er, leadership is earned up not given down okay write that down leadership is given up okay it is bestowed up not given or appointed down, okay? So let's start there. So I don't care what rank you are in your company. I don't care uh, what position you hold at your job. I don't care what, what rank and position you are in the military. I don't care, whatever, I don't care. That does not make you a leader, okay? So now that we're all in the same playing field and we're all quote unquote equal here, okay? Let's talk about what leadership is. You might have gotten the clue from the first thing I said. It is bestowed up, meaning leadership is something that is given to you by the people who are following you. It is given by respect. It is given by consistency. It is given by trust. It is given through lots of tried and true trial and error, um, whatever, whether it's circumstances or, or events that have been then given to you in the form of leadership, okay, it comes from respect and leadership is simply the byproduct of that. So first what you have to do is you have to earn respect. And we all, you know, we might have to break down what goes into earning respect, okay? So essentially when we're talking about characteristics of a leader, we are kind of essentially also talking about what goes into gaining respect from others. And so what I want to talk to you guys a little bit about when we are talking about leadership is the characteristics that go into them. And like I said, in this book that you are going to go, oh my gosh, again, with the microphone, like I cannot control my hands, guys. I cannot. I need to literally strap them to my chair. So again, you love yourself. You love your team. You, you, you love where you're going. And so you want to do this, right? So you're getting this book. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, 
And in this book, he talks a lot about the five dysfunctions of a team. And I think when you are identifying the five dysfunctions of a team, you are inherently identifying the five dysfunctions within yourself as a leader. Because the moment you can do this is the moment you become better at, at, at figuring out how to create this in others, how to create this in a team. And essentially, that respect will be earned in this process and thus you are a leader. But here's the thing is this is all about how to create other leaders and how to create a great organization. Okay. And so he, the author, Patrick, draws this pyramid. And I don't know how many of you have psychology backgrounds, but I'm pretty sure if any of you guys did like sociology in high school or took any kind of psych 101 class, you've heard of this, which is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So it's like this triangle and inside there's like five little areas and it talks about how you have to have the, you know, the base of the triangle is, you know, your, your most basic needs like shelter and food and safety, right? Things like that. Things that meet your most primal needs. Because if you don't feel safe, if you're not fed, if you don't, you know, you don't have shelter, you can't worry about becoming your most self-actualized self. You can't worry about social relationships and all of those other things because you need your basic needs met first. They are the building blocks that go into creating a self-actualized person, Okay. This operates very similarly in the fact that it's almost creating a self-actualized team. Okay, so I want you to kind of take Maslow's hierarchy of needs triangle, erase the words that are in there, and replace it with these ones. And I'm not going to get into them because we're, like I said, we are going to do that in future podcasts, um, future episodes. But I do want to give you something right now to kind of marinate in. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so the very base of this is creating trust. Okay. As a leader, you have to create trust. This, you create trust by being vulnerable, by being consistent, by being dependable. Okay. If you don't show up when you say you're going to show up or you show up here and there, you don't check in with them regularly. You don't do the same things that you say you're going to do, or you run a, a million miles an hour one week. And then the next week you're nowhere to be found. Trust isn't just doing what you say, like, and, or, or making good on the promises you, you make to people, but it is just doing the things you need to be doing and then doing it consistently, not just doing it when you want to, or doing it when it serves you, but you're doing things consistently because it creates trust. It creates dependability because you're being consistent. So being trustworthy and how that translates as a leader is being consistent and being dependable. And also being vulnerable and allowing others to be vulnerable with you as well. This goes into any relationship, right? So it's almost like this can be applied, this triangle, <laughs> this five dysfunctions of a team. Think about you in a marriage, right? Your, your marriage, your whatever. You're a team, okay? You need these five essential things to make it function, to make it work. This is simply your relationship within the team and how you function within that team and what that team needs to be able to be effective, and you as your portion and everybody within that needs to have that factor of trust. Next is, and again, if we're moving up in the triangle, is conflict. Knowing how to have healthy conflict, which means how to have great communication. You need to have effective communication skills. You need to have great interpersonal skills. You need to be an active listener. You need to learn to take you out of the listening because you can't listen <laughs> like 
you're not listening when you're speaking. Like you're doing either or, okay? You're either speaking or you are listening. And so you need to shut your mouth and open your ears, okay? So you need to listen twice as much as you speak. And when you speak, you need to use terms like we and us, and you need to use like active language and you need to use I statements, right? I statements are, I feel blank when you blank. Okay. I feel angry when you don't do the dishes. I feel, um, I feel frustrated when you don't show up for zoom meetings. I whatever, right. Instead of saying you are not dependable. Okay. There's a way to reframe that. You're not dependable. I feel frustrated when you don't show up because it makes me feel like I can't trust you. Okay. But you need to be able to have those conversations with people on your team. You need to be able to have that healthy conflict. You cannot run away from it. So a lot of times people are in one camp or the other. They are one on one spectrum on one side of the spectrum or the other. And it is, they, they thrive off conflict to the point where they are argumentative. They are nasty. They lash out. They respond in emotion. Okay. And then there's the other part where they literally run from it. Okay. It's almost like fight or flight. They either fight it, right? And they're very argumentative and they attack and they take everything personally and they have explosive emotions or they retreat. They don't do anything. They don't say anything because they're like, you know what? Not my problem. I'm just going to avoid it. Maybe it'll go away. This thing's really uncomfortable. Well, here's the thing. If you, especially as the leader, are uncomfortable having that conversation, having you know, or or addressing that conflict head on or that tension, then you are doing a disservice to your whole entire team. And it's actually harming the trust that you have built. Okay. Because it is showing that you were taking the interest of yourself or this other person you're having conflict with, or the person that needs to have the conversation or the person you need to have the conversation with. And it's showing them you are choosing one of the, one of those two people over the team. Okay. The third one is lack of commitment. And this means people's lack of buy-in to the overall team mission or idea or whatever, right? Like going again, back to like you and your, your spouse, if you guys are not on the same uh, page about the budget you guys have set, right? The wife or the one of the, you know, one of the spouses, um, you know, creates a budget and they're like, here's what we're going to do. Well, guess what? If the other spouse wasn't a part of it, guess what? You have a lack of commitment. You have no buy-in. They might do like one or two days or one or two weeks of abiding by this budget before they eventually just fall but it falls by the wayside they just do whatever the hell they want because there's that lack of commitment that lack of buy-in because they did not feel like they had a say they did not feel like they were a part of it okay and then you're going to move up which is the avoidance of accountability meaning you don't want again it kind of goes back to that fear of conflict you don't want to hold people accountable people don't want to have that conversation where you're saying, Hey, sweetie, I know we talked about doing X, Y, and Z, but I saw that you put 500 on the credit card the other day, as opposed to, you know, you're not confronting it. So instead you're just kind of, I don't want to have that conversation or you build up resentment or you don't say anything, right? Hey, um, John, I know, you know, notice we, you know, we talked about everybody being on time for the meeting and we all agreed that we were going to change it to nine instead of nine 30, but you know, you're still showing up late and I feel like it really detracts from the effectiveness of the team when you're strolling in 10 minutes late. I really need you to be on time. Okay. Lack of accountability. You need to hold people accountable. If you are in network marketing, 
okay, or you are in any kind of affiliate marketing or whatever, you work um, in some kind of online virtual realm, if you will, um, on some kind of a team, you still need to hold people accountable. You cannot edify people as leaders if they are not behaving like leaders, if they are not performing like leaders. You cannot edify what they are saying if they are also not doing it, okay? I spoke to somebody there. Stop letting Susan speak on your Zoom about how to have incredible IPAs if the woman can't sit down in front of her computer and do her own IPAs every single day. Take her off that Zoom because you are then edifying the wrong things. You are not also holding her accountable. Okay? Ouch. I know. <laughs> Lastly, as we are wrapping this up, is inattention to results. You are so focused on the people and the process that you are not paying attention to the results. The results speak volumes. If you are so attached to a system or a process that you are using, but you are not getting the results that you want, stop being so attached to the process simply because you like it because it's easy. Okay? You need to pay attention to the results. And sometimes it's not always data-driven. Sometimes it's knowing who's showing up and who's not. Those are still results. It's knowing who's putting in the effort and who isn't, who is showing up and who's not, okay? It is the tangible results, the things you can see, taste, touch, feel, the things you can notice, the things that are attached to numbers, okay? All of these things, you need to be looking at results. If what you're doing is not working, just because you like doing it or you feel like it works in the past, shake it up because your results are speaking louder. And everybody needs to be paying attention to that. If you are part of a team and you are a good leader, you are paying attention to the results and then you are tailoring the process to the results, not the other way around. You were saying, hey, I'm noticing our numbers are down this quarter. Let's problem solve that. Let's figure it out. Let's work backwards. Let's reverse engineer this and figure out how we can fix it. And then you do that relying on all the other building blocks within that that pyramid that we were just talking about. Because when you do that and you're disrupting the system, you need to rely on that trust. You need to have those healthy conversations, not be afraid of conflict. You need the commitment and the buy-in from others. And you you know, you need to be holding people accountable to the new process in order for it to be effective. He, am I speaking to somebody? <laughs> that answer is a yes. Okay. And we are going to dive more into this in future episodes, but we really kind of needed to lay the foundation of what we're going to talk about and how we are going to dive into this. And here at the Decoded Project, that is exactly what we do. We debunk, demystify, decode, all of these things. And we really put it under a microscope and we de- demystify it and we take away all the fluff and all the mamsy pamsy bullshit that's out there that the gurus want to talk about because they want more listeners and they want more followers and they're going to tell people what they want to hear. We don't do that here. We break it down and we are real and we are raw and we tell people the, the real truth because that is what you need to grow. And I am telling you over time, you will probably come to trust and respect me because you know that I am never going to candy coat stuff for you. You know that even though I may not know you, I am going to call you out on your crap, okay? <laughs> I am not going to let you be a subpar version of yourself when I know you are capable of so much more. You, my friend, are capable of so much more and your team is capable of so much more, but how can you pay attention to the results or lack thereof 
and then reverse engineer it so you can fix the process. But I'm gonna tell you this, you're not gonna be able to fix the process effectively until you address the five dysfunctions of you, you as a leader and within your team. Because here's the thing, you've probably tried fixing things before and it hasn't gone so hot because you didn't have the trust you needed, you didn't have the, the healthy conversations, you didn't have the commitment, you didn't hold people accountable, and so you, you didn't pay attention to the results and it's like this cycle. Okay, so go get yourself this book. If you found any value from this, or if you are hoping to hear some more things on leadership or any other topics, please take a screenshot of whatever it is you're looking at right now on your phone or your computer, whatever. Um, tag me, put it on Instagram or Facebook stories, put it um, up there, but don't forget to tag me or I won't see it. And you can tag me at the Courtney Rogers co. Let me know what your biggest takeaways are. Let me know what you love to hear. Let me know what I said in here that really resonated with you, that really triggered you in a positive way, or maybe not so positive way. <laughs> maybe you want to tell me to go off up. That's totally okay. Um, if you got some value from this, don't forget to give me a five-star review on either Apple iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever you were listening to because it really helps us rank and get more ears listening to this so we can help change more lives and make more impact and keep this ad-free. I always want to make a promise to my listeners that this will always be ad-free. I don't do this for profit. I do it to create impact in people's lives. So I love you guys so much. I want to wrap this up before 25 minutes and so far I'm doing a really great job. So I'm going to let you guys go and I will catch you in the next episode. Peace.